partners, welcome back to another rending and rendition. Sorry, I can't even speak. It's Thursday. Great rendition of our podcast. Uh, you might notice we don't have Ben today. Ben got caught up in meetings, but that is the magic of our group. We can pivot. We still got Will and myself, and we do have a special guest today, which we'll get to here in a second. But Will, how are you doing? How's your week? Doing good. It's crazy. We're in the, the thick of all of the planning and stuff over at Partner Hacker, and it's it's good. The uh, busyness is good for business. And fun fact, those two words are one letter away, but you still technically pronounce them almost the same. I always love typing that out. Hope the busyness is good for business. And that's yeah. what I'm going through right now. Yeah, I know you're you're just a fan of the dictionary and, and word combo. It's funny, <laughs> I was texting a word today, grateful, and I kept trying to spell it great, like the word great, then full. And I was like, no, that's not right. I uh, said something else, and luckily my iPhone corrected it. But we don't need to get too much into that. We also want to welcome Justin Zimmerman. Justin, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Happy to help and give answers and guidance uh, as much and best as I can. Love it. Yeah, Justin, um, would love to hear a little bit about your background, where you've been from, just to give the, the audience a little bit of a, a tickle for today's show. There's another play on nice little saucy word, but we're going to talk about, kind of just culminate uh, a few of the episodes we've talked about in the past, which is you know kind of that IPP and, and outreach and just that, that getting launched style approach. What do you need to do? What do you need to focus on? And we're excited to have Justin here to kind of talk about it. So Justin, go ahead. Um, who are you? Where are you from? And what do you do? Yeah, great questions. And so uh, currently I'm at the uh, Salt Lake City Airport waiting for a friend to arrive for, on a late flight. So pardon the background noise and distractions. And uh, Pico here is uh, joining us. And so he's uh, the magic behind all the great stuff that you hear and see from uh, me and LinkedIn. He's the one. He's my secret ghostwriter. Uh, but no, seriously, uh, I get asked a question a lot um, about, you know, how'd you get started in partnerships? And I most often answer I give is that uh, as a copywriter where I started about 20 years ago, my first partnership was with the reader, which was with the customer, which was with the lead and character by character, word by word, I had to understand and articulate the value to them to get them to understand that we would be the right solution for them as uh, the right partner, the right product to choose um, through marketing, uh, the right words and content to help them enable and use the product. And so as I made my way from uh, copywriter to content creator to partnership director and now fractional partnership director at partnerplaybooks.com where I help small companies, uh, startups, and maybe the mid-sized companies figure out their partnership uh, launch go to motions. Um, I realize that it's actually now just uh, more than one product. It's now a stack of apps in a sequence of events that lead to a customer achieving their job to be done. And so most often the view and lens that I bring that help, that's going to color our conversation today is um, where does your app fit in the stack and sequence of your customer's job to be done? And then looking at yourself as the chief solutions engineer, looking down and saying, hey, what's missing from their execution, knowledge, and uh, technology stacks, uh, and then building your partner program around them and so I kind of come from this customer centric copywriting content creation perspective that's trying to fill the journey in for them and uh, partnerships when you're not building and you're not buying you're partnering to help solve that problem for them with apps and agencies I love it so clearly you are the the man for the episode today um, and Justin you and I got connected it sounds like through Pico's uh, ghostwriting because it was through that content creation got caught up in the the social ecosystem that is LinkedIn. And so I have uh, Pico to thank for 
kicking that relationship off. So yeah, I'm really excited to dive into this. Uh, your perspective, I think is going to be really valuable. And uh, before we started recording, you had a phrase that uh, I think will stand out for people, especially in the partnerships world. Uh, tell us about, about, well, A, what that phrase is and why you think it's important, especially in that partnership space. Yeah, so um, I've failed and I've failed miserably, painfully, and that's also allowed me to succeed. And so, you know, I think part of what we're trying to do here with these episodes and podcasts and help new partner people, uh, whether they're agency, tech partner people, product partner people, age, uh, channel partner people, all the different flavors of partner people, we all kind of start with this like kind of blank canvas and these demands to generate revenue and income and that there's just so many options, so many playbooks. And uh, every company is, is just like a, every person. They're just slightly different and, you know, not one size fits all. Uh, every person personality is different just the way every company is different and so um, what I realize is that you know, unless there's like a, a clear set of principles that someone can take action from, which I only had to learn the hard way, and hopefully you don't have to after today's episode. And most of these episodes is um, kind of a, a, a three-step mentality that will uh, avoid the pain that a lot of people face. And so what I realized, and as I started to work with um, other SaaS companies to help them with their partnership uh, programs, is a concept that we've we've heard ready, aim, fire, and uh, I've tried to do that, and you know. I, I can find myself analysis paralysis out of taking any action weeks, months, maybe years go by before you really start to see the traction of something going and you're sitting there with doubt, with fear, with hesitation, you know, and you've got, you know, 30 things going on and all of them are at level one, level two, when you could have one or two at level seven, level eight, while all the other ones are going on. And so uh, refactoring my approach from ready, aim, fire, uh, what we've recently discovered and, and putting into place which is starting to get traction is something more like fire, ready, aim. Or maybe I got, no, fire, uh, aim, ready. Um, we're still working on the middle two, but the point is that uh, for a lot of companies and a lot of people out there who are in partnership programs, um, there's already a pretty, you know, oh, I would almost say gut level, like instinctual, who would be good partners. And, you know, you could do your IPP mapping, you do your ICP mapping, which are all really Im important and will be layers in the cake for a long-term partner plan. But to um, generate results quickly, to show your boss or the boss who may have hired you, you got to make them look good, right? Um, the question came up the other day is, uh, I realized this is a key critical question when getting started as either a consultant or a newbie in a program is, who do we need to impress? Who do we need to help make you look good in front of? Because somebody probably put their neck on the line to bring you in and it's their job and role to make sure that you perform. And so like you want to make them look good and you want to find out what those key criteria are. Dial it back to most minimal first set of steps and actions and go at it because I know in my previous lifetimes as employees and as an employee, like, you know, I wanted to take the most analytical, like let's do it right, let's build out all the research and then we have the information. And once we have the information, we all can come together and agree on it. We can come to agree on, you know, and this like real kind of waterfall like, uh, approach and so this you know fire ready aim uh, methodology we're running simultaneously at the same point in time and so one of the things I would recommend anybody getting to the position and role of partnership manager partnership marketer is just go with your gut like you can do that you know for most companies they already have a sense and feel of who might be good customers I mean who might be the best customers you don't need the most data 
driven, clear, precise model. There's probably some conversations already happening inside the organization around who might be great partners or who are already good partners. Mm -hmm. And the problem is all that information is scattered everywhere. And all you got to do is collect it, take action on like two or three, pick up the phone, get some introductions, right? And say, hey, you know, I'm the new blankety blank doing this. Let's get going. And uh, within 90 days, and that really should be the window, it's possible from zero to 90 days to have webinars, blogs, leads, and sales being generated across uh, multiple companies, if not uh, oh, mm -hmm. more than one company, if not multiple companies. And, um, you know, put some points on the board, take the pressure off a little bit and make someone look good. And I feel like you can do all that analysis research work, which is still key, critical and important, but you can do that uh, over time as you do this in time. Right. I love that. So, um, yeah, on that fire ready, that fire aim ready, uh, we'll have to get used to it, but it'll look good on, on text. Um, that thing is probably the, the most important for partner people because you can think of a good idea, especially in partnerships and a potential partner could say, yeah, sounds like a great idea. Let's do it. But in reality, if you're too focused on the idea and not as focused on the actual execution or taking that action, like you mentioned, um, you'll draw things out. You will spend more time thinking than you would in actually vetting that kind of idea and making those steps forward. So you alluded to making that person who hired you successful as well. Um, you have to take action to get there. You can't just have ideas. You can't just present all the time to you know the execs or your manager and say, here's what I'm thinking. They want results because that's why they're investing dollars into the, the headcount. And they want to legitimately see it happen in real time, making it work. So you mentioned those um, those 90 days. So what we've talked about on the podcast so far has focused on you know getting your your bearings figure out where you're going to focus and then of course craft what that outreach would look like so when we start thinking about those actions that you take to make those steps forward and validate those ideas what would you say let's say it's i'm you know two to three weeks into my my role i've developed my ideal partner profile for the most part, I got. I have an MVP. Where would you recommend someone focuses their efforts to, you know, achieve X in the next ninety days? Uh, what are your thoughts on those actions, those firing uh, actions that they should take? Yeah. So I feel like a lot of results are like reverse engineerable, right? So you could start with like a, a clear idea and then you can work your way back. And so really depending on what data information is available inside the company, I'll give kind of two quick versions. So number one, like I think the, the nexus, the, the origin, the, 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 the big functional fulcrum point in, <laughs> in, uh, in a lot of uh, SaaS businesses is uh, the onboarding, right? And so that's where if someone's made a decision, they found you, and now they're coming on board, and this is kind of the make or break moment. And there's a lot of data and interaction. Uh, this is where the rules in these uh, product-led, marketing-led companies, uh, this is where a lot of like the interaction actually starts to happen. Um, you know, the sales process really begins at the trial conversion uh, or in the trial conversion stage. And so for me, like depending on the systems available in your company, you have one of two options. You can do the direct and you can do the proxy. Um, some companies are already going to have like the data information available where you can 
tap into, ask questions, see available things on other integrations that they're using, and then you can then reverse engineer. Um, this is what I've done, and there's an article on Crossbeam on this process. Uh, if you type in my name in Crossbeam, I think a couple of things will come up. And it's basically my, my pros my pros partner prospecting methodology based on existing customers. And this is how I've gotten partnerships and integrations and the whole thing done, where you just literally like, systematically in the onboarding process, find out what apps people are uh, already and also using in conjunction with theirs. You'll see a lot of overlap in either the name of the apps or the category of apps. And then uh, what I've done um, is uh, uh, one of two things. I've called up the, the people who have replied and done a quick video with them. And then I've used that video and I've then uh, reached out to the CEO. I've signed up for the company's newsletter list. I've actually taken a trial. I've gone to their LinkedIn page and I've uh, direct messaged them and emailed them. Uh, you know, because I never know which one's going to work. I'll use a, a site like uh, Apollo AI or Lucia to, to scrape the contact information of anybody with the word marketing partner and founder. And I'll say, hey, what's up? We've got this. We've got this client. We've got these clients that are just saying your name all the time. I think we need to do something. And then you, you know. Using Descript, you know, I'll, I'll throw together a, a two-minute uh, little video uh, with Loom and Descript with the cut video from the, the customer and customers saying how much they love our products together. And for me, that's like, you know, really, really like account-based marketing, but partner-based account marketing that opens the door to uh, partnerships and integrations and, you know, long-term and, and still paying dividends to this day. It sounds like a lot of work, but I'll tell you that upfront effort and lift shows like, hey, you actually know our customers and you're gonna be someone who's gonna, who's gonna take action and uh, you're already creating content on our behalf and interviewing uh, our co-customers and so it's just a good leading indicator of like this is someone who will hustle, get things done, make outreach, create content and show up and no one else is gonna do that. And so when you find a great uh, partner, that's a way that I've gone out and then taken action, created content, built partnerships and in I would say three weeks, right? Like from discovery of customer to recording, interview, and sent, and then conversation around uh, integrations. Boom, you know, like that. And you just repeat that process over and over again in your onboarding campaign. You can go look that Crossbeam article up. There's a lot of detailed stuff in there, uh, screenshots and everything of what I've used. Uh, and then there's also the proxy method I mentioned. So if you don't have access to your, your, your to those systems and it's just kind of a pain in the butt, well, you do have the people who are looking at that stuff every single day. And so you have your sales team, your success team, your support teams, you know, billing teams. And then you can ask similar questions of them, of customers. And I've done the same thing as well, where I asked the support and success manager, you know, who's a great customer and what do they use? And can you find out and make introductions for me? And then boom, you can use your, the, the people instead of the process to help drive that next step and attain uh, similar results. That's uh, that is amazing. So what I want to really focus in on there and why it works is because you're not only showing that you already see the partnership as valuable by doing that work. And then when you do that outreach, it's like, it is very hard for our partner to say, no, I don't want to entertain a conversation. And that's exactly how you want the value prop to be. You want it to be so hard for them to say no, that they would be missing an opportunity if they actually did say no. And the way that you're building that story is you're gathering that data, like you mentioned, but it's all very tactical and hands-on. And that will not only inform you as a, a partner person who is going to need to refine your messaging over time, 
where you're getting your hands on with the customers, you really understand what their challenges are and you know what potential partners can solve those challenges. So your understanding increases, but you have that real qualitative data that you can use to then say, hey, partner, this is exactly why we should do activities together. This is why we should partner. And so, you know, we should talk. And if I received a message like that, I would think, just like you described, Justin, I would think, wow, this person's going to put effort into our partnership. Wow, they did a lot of research. Wow, I see the the value. It's it's crystal clear because they did the, the research up front. And what's great is when you are starting out, going from that zero to 90, you want to have the focus. You want to not go to 100 partners necessarily and say, hey, let's have a conversation. Then you're in meetings all day. Instead, you want to go really deep with you know a handful of partners so that you can really learn. And that also puts that best foot forward where, like you mentioned, going back to making that uh, that manager famous as well, you build an immediate, powerful relationship with this organization. And, you know, even if there isn't an extensive long-term partnership that comes from it in terms of like a strategic, really deep relationship, those people you can likely call on for something in the future as well, um, because you'll probably do some smaller programs and then you'll have those small wins. And that upfront initial impression will, like I said, have that wow factor. Uh, you're so right about that last point is like, you know, you get a, I'll tell you the, the response rate on those videos when they're targeted and those messages are targeted are close to 75%. Now those deals that come from it, you know, they probably are closer to like maybe 30% of them turn into something which is still pretty good. But then I have instances where like they, the deal turned into nothing uh, not nothing. It didn't turn into what I wanted it to because they were working on something similar and it was on their roadmap. But uh, that person uh, I've stayed in touch with over the last year or so, and he's introduced me to like amazing groups of people. He's put me in touch with like top other you know podcasters and other partner people. In fact, uh, you know we're going to be working on something kind of on a side project together because of that and so he's you know super influential and all these great things and yeah you just never know and so always put your best foot forward uh is never a bad strategy i love it and i think um this harkens back to something most of us learn early in life where first impressions matter people remember that first impression of you and the same goes for your business interactions if you have that wow factor like justin mentioned it could be a business partner for a different venture in the future, or you know, maybe it's a, a friend, or maybe they make introductions for you in the future as well. Instead of, of course, let's compare it to the complete opposite, where generic message, no message of value, focus on just your company and what you care about. No one's going to really remember that, and that first impression won't stick. And you know, the the difference is clear. So, in in summary. Um, Justin, I would love for maybe the, the one to three tactical tips. I know we talked about a lot today, um, but the, the one to three tactical tips that let's say I'm like, wow, what Justin just said is amazing. How do I actually start that? Um, what is, you know, step one and what is step two that someone could implement the day after they hear this or depending on when you listen to it the same day? 
Yeah, yeah, sure. So, uh, I mean, step one is a little bit of ICP, MVP work. And so you got to have some bearing around who your most valuable customers are. So you know, like, whose problems and who's, what are the most valuable people to solve problems for? And so, like, make sure you have some inkling, some idea, some interviews with companies, uh, people inside your company to get a bearing for that. Then step two, uh, once you have an idea of who those people are, whether it's via proxy or some sort of direct process action, uh, get clarity on what those other apps integrations are that those top com uh, customers are using. And so, like I said, you can do surveys, you can tap right into the, the vein of the onboarding sequence and work with them to just ask a couple of key quick questions like what other what other apps are essential to uh, you're using with us, something like that. I, and you can go to that Crossbeam article and see the direct copy that I've written for that process. Uh, then three, once you have that, uh, interview a customer, uh, interview, uh, what app, uh, what they're saying, what they like, and you'll have a little quick case study using like uh, Descript to edit it up and chop out like those really key one to two minute pieces and parts. Number step uh, three or four, um, go to all the uh, apps either in that category or directly to that company and sign up for their site, uh, get on their e email sequence, uh, go to LinkedIn, uh, DM them and then and introduce yourself and say, hey, it looks like we have some common customers or common use cases. I created this video that I think will allow us to get a clear visibility on an opportunity, something like that. Love to connect soon, blah, blah, blah. And you'll show the video. And then uh, three, uh, you'll be in a position to have some meetings with, I would say, pre-qualified, not qualified, but pre-qualified uh, partners who uh, fit in the app stack of solutions that your best, most valuable customers uh, would be willing to want and use. And then you'll be on your way to go to market motions and figuring out calendars and schedules. And so, like I said, within two to three weeks, you could go through that process, have a couple of really strong meetings, um, get clear on where people are and say, hey, you know, like it, and because webinars are typically the first go-to-market motion, one of the better like lead gen versions that are visible and can make people look good, because then they say, "Hey, we did a webinar with so and so." Okay, good. Um, you know, book a, put a tentative time in your calendar, and so before you get on those meetings and calls, align with your marketing team if you're not the marketing team, and uh, just say, "Hey, I'm a, I need to make a, a pitch, and I want to be able to uh, at the end of this." you know, have uh, one webinar booked at the end of the 90 days with a super solid partner and uh, we'll figure out the rest as we go. And that's okay to say too, let me put it out there. Like, you know, everybody knows nobody's perfect and you try to be perfect and buttoned up, you're gonna be holding yourself back from like getting people into motion from, and, and that's really kind of the most important thing. And so set a date, work towards it. Everybody's aware that, you know, nothing's perfect the first time around and it's better to have a deadline to work towards and I would say that'd be your, you know, go to market 90 day strategy. Amazing. So if you were taking notes, hopefully you were taking them very fast, but don't worry. We will of course do a summary as well. Listen back to it, reach out to Justin if you need help. Um, Justin, any final words, you know, what you're working on, where they can find you, where they can connect with you. Yeah, Pico, do you have anything you want to say about that? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, yeah, so yeah, if you go on LinkedIn, I'm, I'm pretty much there every single day just writing and sharing my thoughts and ideas on things that I'm doing with uh, my partners to generate leads, sales, and new partnerships. You can find me there. Uh, I've also started doing a monthly meetup uh, on partnerplaybooks.com. And so uh, that's my site. That's where I'll be sharing in depth beyond what you can see on LinkedIn. 
And so uh, just kind of a little tiny mini celebration today. I hit the 100th subscriber today um, of nice. people who are in the mar uh, partnership space, nice. CEOs. And yeah, thank you. CEOs, partnership people. I'm surprised. I'm blown away that like I put a little tiny slice of, hey, I'm doing this here and uh, people are eating it up. And so uh, at the end of this week, or I'm sorry, at the end of this month, uh, I've got a, a dialing it all the way back and I'll wrap it up with this by saying the person who I reached out to and did that whole process with but didn't turn into a deal we stayed in touch over the last year and he's actually going to be the next guest talking about how he and uh, Design Pickle came up with a, a, a basically an agency services slash tech um, partnership where they worked together and generated like 50,000 unique views hundreds of si signups and trials and so we're going to get specifically into that playbook and he's going to deconstruct what he did how they came together and so uh looking forward to that in, in a couple of weeks amazing this is exactly why uh, you were the person for this episode so thank you so much justin and tom take us home yeah yeah i think one of the just to kind of recap this one of the things that stuck out to me is um you know partner people are not you can't get away with just being cold outreach cold cold kind of like that sales like spray and pray do your homework spend a little bit of time because it will pay off in the end. And also you just come at it from a much more technically sound front where you're, you're actually wanting the, to their business. You want to partner because you know that your app plus theirs or your app plus their business and another app will work together in tandem and do exactly what we need it to. So Justin really appreciate this. I, I hope our, our audience gets at least one, not even more than more than one, probably like three or four tidbits out of this. Uh, and yes, thank you all for listening. We will catch you guys next time.